Welcome to another episode of the Autism Everyday podcast. We are your hosts Swati and Geeta. Welcome back. So today let's get straight to what we want to talk about. We're going to tackle burnout. That's like that's all the fad right now in yes. the EBA world and yes. the world otherwise. Yes. So what the heck is burnout and what does it mean? For us in our field. So, is it even for real? Yeah, you often wonder, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, is it just some new age word, something that we hear so much about? Um, you know, emerging from the HR's office yes. in the context of work, in the context of modern work-life balance. That's such a word. Right? It's it's such a buzzword, yeah. and I feel like it accompanies every email that says, "Oh, we're planning an offsite. We're planning a whatever outing yeah. Yeah. of sorts," and they'll say, "Oh, work-life balance," and <laughs> it's quite funny, really. And self-care. Self-care. Oh yeah, um, I think self-care as a concept has existed forever, surely. Um, and burnout as a concept has existed forever, even longer, <laughs> right? But I think what's gotten in the way is that working hard has always been seen as a virtue and when I say been seen I mean for many generations up until certain newer generations that mm. I won't label or talk about but but um everything up until the millennials is what I want to say. <laughs> uh, working hard was always seen as a virtue, a necessity in order to even aspire to be successful. Mm. Go up the corporate ladder. Any ladder, just about, right? Yeah. I I remember, you know, a decade plus ago when I got home early, and by early I mean like seven thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad asked me why I was home early, which you know, in his head he's calculating and he thinks, okay, you've left work like an hour ago at six thirty, so didn't you work hard today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no work. Mm-hmm. So hard work and long hours were seen as a means to climb up the ladder to prove your worth uh, and prove yourself to everyone around you. No, oh, and especially if your boss oh, has yeah. to notice it. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> so hard work really wore the badge of like commitment and you know somebody who really means what they're doing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Right. So that that was what hard work was, and burnout, as we know, is a is a new age word. So let's let's look at what is burnout really. It's a state of emotional, physical, possibly mental exhaustion caused by excessive and prolonged stress. Wait, is that the definition? Yes. Oh, okay. It is. So it occurs when someone feels overwhelmed, emotionally drained, and is unable to meet constant demands at home and on the job. So both probably. Yeah, I think when you said constant demands, it automatically takes me in a flash. I RFD parents who have to constantly oh, meet yes. demands oh, at yes. home. So yes, yes. Yeah, definitely yeah. home and work home front. And so that really is a definition like you asked me. We hear a lot about burnout in the corporate world for sure, especially among young people working in the IT sector mm. uh, or people who work these uh, graveyard shifts, right? I mean, they live in India and work on American time and, and some such. So burnout can be because of stressors on the job, long hours people keep or um, the need to meet some impossible targets or simply a mismatch between the person and the job. Right. Right? Yeah. Imagine being unhappy with your job. How would you feel? No God, I can't even imagine. Every day waking up and knowing that you're not doing what you want to do or at least that you're doing something Mm. you don't want to do. No, no can do. You literally have to drag yourself out of bed and into 
your workspace <laughs> that is true but on that note burnout need not necessarily be because someone is unhappy you know with the way things are uh, isn't that interesting thing it is the other side of the coin right yeah unhappiness it could also be like just too much of the same thing <laughs> <laughs> Even if you really enjoy what you're doing, yeah. and just, you have excess of it, so imagine like a person who is you know pushing towards like a fitness outcome, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, guilty as charged. Right? Yes, yes, guilty as charged. I pushed and pushed and pushed till I could like lift like 130 kilos, and then I just I cracked somewhere. You remember um, we were talking about some people who would work out some two, three, four oh, yeah. hours a day, every right? single day, yeah, seven yeah, days a week, yeah. and. You know, it's going to result in fatigue—not just muscular fatigue, but also mental fatigue. Mm. Because the goal is unrealistic. Mm. As much as you want to put in that work and you enjoy the work, it's 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 not so much about the motivation as much as it's about the target being super unreal mm. and the person not moving closer to it, despite the mammoth effort that they're putting yeah. in. Yeah. So then comes a sense of fatigue and dread and yeah, and lo and behold dread. burnout. Right, almost yeah. dread. Oh my goodness, I have to move on one more time. Yeah. And oh it's no. It's really not doing much for me. Exactly. Right. After the initial gung ho, it's all like gone. It's downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's interesting. And burnout can also occur across occupations and non-occupations. What's a non-occupation? Interesting, isn't it? Yeah. It's like burning out from a relationship. Okay, or burning out from a chore that you do repeatedly, mm. or burning out from caregiving. Mm. That's something we have heard about a lot. Caregiving, yeah, especially young kids, um, kids who have issues, kids who have problems. Or let's look at, um, you know, taking care of uh, older people, senior people who probably have Alzheimer's or dementia or need help of some sort. Right, and you are the caregiver. so it can it can be hard so but end of the day burnout is not some new age discovery that is actually now touted as a side effect of working mm. it's a state of chronic exhaustion it probably has been in existence though not coined or seen as such a big uh, you know something to deal with um i'm going to pause a little bit here to look at some research there was mm. a really interesting question that um The study by Lands, two thousand three. There was mm-hmm. a there was a question in that. Again, it's a study on burnout, mm-hmm. uh, which goes like, why is it that under the same working conditions, one individual burns out, mm-hmm. but another shows no symptoms at all? Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? So one possible explanation is personality traits. Mm. Mm. So different people respond very differently to the same set of events. I mean the classic example is like a twin study, right? Where mm. you have two twins, they've grown up in the same environment, um but the way they handle stressors thrown at them in that environment can be dramatically mm. different or mm. the impact on them can be different. Mm. This can also be a reflection of the individual's general attitude towards yeah. life and just about who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So before we keep going on and on about burnout, <laughs> let me pause and just talk a little bit about why burnout? Why are we talking about this topic today? Okay. So ABA as a field is one that is plagued with burnout and has a very high attrition rate mm-hmm. amongst service providers and therapists so a service provider is a bcba mm-hmm. or bcaba mm-hmm. it's somebody you interface with somebody who provides an iep for you and somebody who trains your therapist your frontline rbts to work with your child so is definitely not your regular 9 to 5 job um 
you're not going to be sitting at a desk in mm. meetings all day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? sometimes yes we Sometimes. Yeah, well, sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's not your typical. It's thing. not. Yeah, no, it isn't. It also depends on your very specific job brief. True. So, as a person who works with kids, I find myself sitting on the ground a whole lot, rolling on the rolling, ground. rolling mm-hmm. lying down on the ground sometimes, um, running around with them. Um, chances are, while I'm working with one child, there's another child in the same room, and they might be. engaging in self talk or they might have a tantrum and they might require assistance mm. chances are that there's someone else in the environment with another therapist who might be engaging in challenging behavior mm. and um sometimes the child I'm working with is totally engaged yeah. and with with me or with the therapist they're with or the activity on hand but sometimes nothing when, works or when somebody else starts crying in the environment they just take off on that you yeah, know they distracted um, right oh yeah or plug their ears or whatever the moment is gone then absolutely <laughs> so then there are days that that seem like an absolute breeze yeah, we work. should talk about that <laughs> we should few days when Where, you know you're all like you're you're on top of your game you woke up early you you know exactly what you're going to do you have your bip your behavior inter- intervention plan in place you know you've got all the good reinforcers in your pocket but yeah the kids they just they just like yo i don't need any of that i'll just work you know i'm not going to make a mess for i'm going to be amazing what challenge <laughs> behavior yeah for free exactly yeah yeah but then again that's that some days and every day pans out so so differently mm. and um a behavior therapist job varies with every child they with so and and the, that child's very specific needs so they basically work with like one or a max of two kids in an hour at a given point at time, a given right? point of time exactly mm. and you're probably thinking exactly right but but it's really hard because um you're going to have to excuse the noise in the background but uh, if you take a If you take a regular school, then there's a teacher who handles like what twenty or thirty kids at mm, a go, or a, even more. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when you're working with children with different needs, then it can be very challenging when you have one or two kids, even because here's the catch, mm. and if and this is specifically if if it's an ABA therapist, right? Mm. So they have very specific goals for each child, specific reinforcement schedules, uh, specific clear, very 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 concrete protocols on. how to work on these goals mm. how do you present material what do you reinforce what do you not reinforce and how do you promote communication at every step of the way right true, true. so it's super challenging it's super not easy challenging. yeah and of course communication like you said is is a major 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 deficit with the kids that we work with and depending on the child that the therapist is working with this is definitely an area of of concern and a lot of work I mean, imagine a child is struggling to communicate what he or she wants, or maybe does not want to, right? But is unable to say so in a way way that the therapist understands. So this mismatch often results in frustration on both sides, and it might involve the therapist having to do some very detailed data taking and observation um, for some days before we figure out what is the child trying to communicate and how best to teach him or her to express that in a way that is more appropriate than a little meltdown or throwing material or having a little tantrum and communication challenges are at so many levels starting from very basic mandating 
to you know it takes me back to that young guy remember we were trying to uh, ask him if he has sore muscles after he went to the gym for a workout yeah do you remember how hard that, that was that was really hard yeah he was taking so many clues from us we just till the end we didn't figure whether he had sore muscles or not and yeah. so where yeah <laughs> or to be able to tell some someone when he had a stomach upset yeah so there's so much of deciphering and data that we need to take uh, and in order to kind of glean this information from them so what if your child is being you know toilet trained and the schedule demands that the therapist take the child to the toilet every half an hour or so yeah so sometimes it would seem like you know we live in the region of the toilet yeah. <laughs> guilty as charged we had therapist joke about this right what is with me and the toilet <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah toilet training can be hard for some kids as many parents would watch for as well and calls for persistent reinforcement and scheduling to just put it all together then there are maladaptive behaviors like aggression self injurious behavior sometimes that can be stressful especially if it's an older child oh, because yes. then they're stronger there are safety issues involved mm. and um, yeah you got to pull out all the stops right? to make sure that yeah. it 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 does not go downhill from there yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know i i kind of feel like now looking back at whatever we spoke i feel like burnout kind of sounds very long term and decisive it's just like a close yeah. ended term yeah it sounds like <laughs> you know this is it from here you know yeah but everyday interaction with children can be temporarily upsetting or rewarding yeah um it's all in the moment it's all really. in the moment yeah. i mean today did not go well right mm-hmm. at all that's a kind of feeling we get so often mm. what is it today why is everybody you know upset mm. there are days like that right and and on those days for me it is like oh my god you could have done other things with your life <laughs> would you yeah. call that burnout i don't know temporary feeling of imbalance for sure yeah temporary stress right but of course that moment passes and i think i go back to rolling my sleeves and doing what i love doing the most being with the kids I'm sure many of us feel that way. Is that the way you feel too? All the time, right? just all the time. Yeah. yeah. So really, it is days. It's days. Or it, moments. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And also depends, I guess, on each person's state of mind that day. Which yeah. Side which side? <laughs> you got off. And we spoke about attitude to life in general. Mm. Glass half empty, half full attitude, and. how much is this a job that the person has actually chosen to do right and the person is not just landed here you know by default right yeah so that's important i guess so what is burning out imply for therapists what do you what do you think they do to how deal do, with this? yeah exactly how do they deal with burnout mm-hmm. um looking at a lot of research there there is a high attrition rate which means people mm. move jobs they might quit the field or they might take up jobs that are in the field but less demanding in the at least in their perception mm. um some cut back on work hours or some others consciously engage in self care right right yeah. you've heard often of people cutting back on work hours yeah we hear that a lot right? yeah um but now 
we were talking so much about therapists what about what about if you're a parent of a child with different needs i think it's very different for families simply mm. because as a service provider at the end of the day you have a choice to move out of that area of work mm. or reduce the amount of time you'll work it reduce the number <laughs> of hours but for families there is no checking out right yeah 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 so looking back at some of the families we've spoken to and the posts that you see on social media groups right their parent groups where people interface to support each other i mean the journey can be so uncertain the right. way ahead is uncertain there are great moments i'm sure not so great ones and uh, uh, absolutely days when you feel like i cannot do this anymore these moments must also be there in their lives and as the child grows older parents do tend to get fatigued i mean imagine all these years of doing something mm. uh, taking care of the child taking him for therapies and so on and so forth it can get tiring yeah but as a parent there is no choice but to pick yourself up and do it all over again parents sometimes are champs that way don't you think absolutely <laughs> so if you're parenting a child who's neurodiverse well i am actually tempted to say if you're a parent neurodiverse or not no any right? child if you're parenting anybody <laughs> then there is bound to be extra stress lots of extra work lots of expectations are foisted on you and a lot of emotional upheavals for sure <laughs> and one fact that sticks out is that the stress levels of parents is closely linked to one the age of the child mm-hmm. and to the degree of impairment right was in the yeah. child yeah so i you know also when the child initially gets the diagnosis of autism let's say one and a half or age 2 or max you know 3 years parents are younger mm. they mm. have the energy and they're ready to do what it takes because there is also a whole lot of hope oh. out there right yeah. Yeah. the yeah. the divide between the child at age 2 and their neurotypical counterpart at 2 is not that significant, significant right yes but as the child grows up the growth trajectory becomes a lot more clear mm. and the years of therapy and effort put in by the parents it sort of adds up mm. and uh, somewhere when the child becomes say a young adult you know hitting 13 or 15 there is a sense of fatigue that yeah. sets in yeah. almost a resignation of sorts that we've seen a lot right resignation a lot of this that is what yes. it is. this is the rest of my life yeah. this is how he is going yes. to be and they almost stop being very proactive about it yes yes so there is the reality of aging parents and grown up kids that really hits home yeah. and then comes of course the question of what after us yeah and it, it is very hard that question becomes real as the child grows older yeah. i mean it, it does it just doesn't seem like something in the exactly later, right? so it adds up right years of of working hard um being in the driver's seat as, uh-huh. as a parent put oh, it oh yes that yeah. is a beautiful way to put it yeah and that's knowing that you cannot stop the car and get out you can't <laughs> you really can't and yeah, then that you is know, beautiful yeah you're, you're two decades in and and lo behold you're burnt mm. out right yeah. yeah so what can caregivers do to prevent a burnout i would think a great amount of uh, sorry to repeat this but self care <laughs> yeah right from the start yeah I don't know it could take different forms maybe exercise pursuing pursuing some interest apart from just you know following the child continuing to work sometimes if mm. you you were a working person then continuing to work sometimes helps 
seeking support from family or friends i think is so so important yeah you do need that you, you do need, need if not a network you definitely need one or two people yeah. that you can absolutely rely, rely on. on yeah for right? sure yeah at least go and speak to them if nothing yeah and i think another critical aspect is realigning expectations from the child as he or she grows clifford It's, agrees yeah <laughs> and keeping the long term perspective at all times to guide what your teaching objective should be at a given point of time right for all adults be it parents therapists or caregivers so self care compassion for the child and for themselves so important right sometimes in the race to sort out things for the child we forget to be kind to them and to ourselves we forget that we need to hold the stress very very lightly right so on that note um we will see you again next time till then stay safe and take care and don't burn out and don't burn out <laughs>